Welcome, my friends, to the That's Ball Folks podcast. I am your host, Josh Reynolds. This is episode 33. We're finally back. After the Sixers collapse, we're ready to talk about it. And uh, we're going to name this episode. It turns out the Sixers team was not different, (laughs) sadly. After everything that I've been saying all season about this team, they just weren't different, and that sucks. But how's everybody doing? A nice little two-week break. We cover everything. I have Jer, my brother, with me on the entire episode, so we're going to dive into that. But before I do, uh, just wanted to say again that I really love you guys. Uh, The outpouring on social media has actually been fantastic, and I just really appreciate it. I think that all of you who listen to this podcast are great people. I want nothing but the best for all of you, and people who bash on me, uh, thank you, because you're driving traffic to my podcast, so <laughs> thank you. I'll take it. Somebody said, like, uh, negative, all publicity is good publicity. I don't know about that, but uh, kind of, actually. I kind of believe in that. So anyway, love me, hate me. I just appreciate anybody listening to this. You guys are the greatest. Without further ado, let's dive into my conversation with my baby brother, Jeremy. Brotherly Love and Hate segment, once again, this entire episode is going to be a Brotherly Love and Hate segment, but it is brought to you by PHI Apparel Co., one of our favorite clothing brands. We absolutely love it, and again, as always, are honored to have them as a sponsor. Jer, it has been two weeks now. I think the dust has settled. I think both of us, at least I can speak for myself, are finally ready to talk about the Sixers collapse. Are you Are you ready? I don't know. I don't know if I'm ready. I've been trying to push this off as long as I can, but you didn't give me a choice today. Yeah, tonight was the night I had to jump on and we have to just air it out. I agree. I think the Celtics absolute shit show of a, of a showing in game three that just barely happened uh, helps right. soften the blow a little bit. Um, but we'll, we'll get into that. But most importantly, how are you doing? Listen, I've been better. It's been a <laughs> tough week and a half. Or two weeks, whenever we recorded last. Um, but like like you said, I I wanted the Eastern Conference Finals to be close at least, have some yeah. good games. The fact that the the Celtics got just destroyed tonight, like it kind of makes me feel a little better. Um, yeah. Just because I mean, we got killed in game four or in game seven, right? When we played them, um, and so watching them kind of collapse, like okay. That's that's fine. I feel a little better about myself. In a weird way, I like feel better, but also worse. Like I feel better yeah. that all the attention is now on Boston and that they are most likely going to have a new head coach who knows what they do with Jalen Brown. Like it's going to be a total mix up there. But I also feel worse because I'm like, oh, how did we lose to a Joe Missoula coach team? Yeah, I feel bad for Joe. Today, I, we talked about it earlier, um, just when we were texting, but. Joe Missoula looked lost that entire game. Like they would pan over to him and he would be just like looking around as wide eyed, zero yeah. clue what was happening. And I kind of felt bad for him. Cause like he was thrown into this spot. Granted, like you have an awesome roster. You, yeah. you coached pretty well against the Sixers. Like in this really the whole year, but you've just fallen apart, especially yeah. tonight. Tonight was a tough one. Agreed. It, we'll, we'll dive into the weeds a little bit, but I completely agree with you. Uh, that he looked absolutely lost. But what we'll cover, we'll do a little recap of both series. Um, we have to start off, as always, with some love and hates. You were telling me you have more hates than loves this week. Got a lot of hates today. Good. Typically, I have more hates than loves. Um, yeah. But I, I've got a few. A do few you want, that are do, top of mind. Let's start with your your only love, then. Let's let's start with that. We can move move on to your multiple hates. Okay. Okay, I know you love this. And it's probably because we grew up together. Okay. <laughs> I can't wait to hear what this is. I love paper towels. Oh, yeah, great one. Yeah. Growing up, we never, ever, ever had paper towels in the house. Ever. And then yep. I started dating my now wife like seven years ago, and she introduced me to paper towels. And I love them. They're, they're great. Listen. It's probably not the most eco-friendly thing. I understand that. 
but it makes my life so much easier and it's not even close. Yeah, I I love this my out of every love you've ever had. This is probably my favorite one. Um That's that's because, okay. That's a take. It is a take and let me let me go off on a little tan not a tangent because it has to do with this, but to your point, we never had paper towels growing up for whatever reason. Do you do have we ever asked mom why? Do you know why? No. No. No, I, I have no either. idea. I should. I'm going to write that down. We're, we're going to bring it up and we'll report next uh, next week. Yeah, I, we, we've always had like napkins, but like the really cheap kind of just flimsy napkins. Right. And we've never had just paper towels readily available. Very similarly, uh, my wife, when we started dating and hanging out and stuff, her family, my mother-in-law, always had paper towels out. Right. And it's the greatest thing in the world. It, it truly is the greatest thing in the world. I love, I love that that is your love. Uh, they changed my life. And I, that's yeah. not, that's like you said, it's not eco-friendly. I use way too many of them. Same. Uh, but you go to Costco, you just get that giant pack of them and you're good right. to go. It It is a total game changer. Yeah, I love them. They're great. That's that's a great love. Do you want to, do you Thank have you. anything else to say about it or do you want to leave it? No, at that? that's it. That's it. It's pretty <laughs> self-explanatory. It's it, they're just wonderful. They'll change they your life. So if you're not they're... using them now, go ahead and start using them. That's such a good love. I am. I endorse that. That is fantastic. Okay. Let's hear your hates. Start off, start us off with the, well, we can gradually build up to the worst hate if you'd like, however you want to okay. present this, hit us with your first one. Okay. The first two are basketball related. So we're going to go with those. Okay. And one is top of mind because the Heat just played. Okay. I hate how many times commentators and you know analysts say undrafted players when the Heat are playing. Yeah. I hate it. It's yeah. like every time someone scores, they'll say he's an undrafted player. Listen, it's awesome. It's really cool. I don't want to take anything away from the players who were undrafted, who made it in the league. I think that's great. But give me a break. It's every yeah. every minute of the entire game. Oh, undrafted player. Oh, this undrafted player is outscoring this drafted player. Like, come on. Yeah. I'm I'm over it, I think. I think I'm over just the the overall mentioning of undrafted players on the heat. I actually really like that. I'm trying to find the tweet right now. Draymond sent it out tonight and said this undrafted player stuff is mad disrespectful to those guys. Them boys making a living just like everybody else. It felt, I mean, it's become a storyline. They even showed right. like it, uh, the Celtics undrafted players, how many points they scored compared to, right. or the, the Heat undrafted guys compared to the Celtics. It's like, come on. Like, I get that it's cool. I understand all of that. Like, you look at Max Struess, awesome. Gabe Vincent, awesome. Right. Duncan Robinson, awesome. That's cool. But I agree with you. It, it's kind of already gotten old. Yeah, and I like, I'm not saying it to take anything away from them because you know, pro- all power to him. Awesome for him. I'm happy for him. But like, come on. Yeah, it's I crazy. Agree. Like, I think Spolster even said or some somebody said um, about Gabe Vincent, like he's been in the league for a while now. Yeah, he's not. It's, it's like his fourth year, third, fourth year. Right. Like, yeah, he's he's an NBA player. Like it's yeah. time to it's time to move on from that. Yeah. And he dominated tonight. So who yeah. cares if he was undrafted? Yeah, that's a good hate. That's a really good one. All right. Hit, what, what's what's next? What's your second? Okay, second one, also basketball-related, um, more pertaining to last night's game. And I think most people would agree with me here. Okay. I hate the post-game shooting videos. Yeah. A player has an off night. I'm looking at D'Angelo Russell. Yep. And they post a video of them just shooting in the gym after. Yep. Good for I you. Agree. I'm happy for you. You're trying to improve. You've been terrible the last three games so bad. So I'm glad you're trying to improve, but maybe don't have it on social media or I I don't know. Like it's probably not up to them, but like, I don't know what it is. It just bothers me. I'm over it. I'm over that too. Yeah, I agree. JJ Reddick tweeted something out um, and said the same thing. Just like, are, can we please stop posting these post-game shooting clips? Like, right. Like what, what good is it doing? Do you think no, it's motivating it, his teammates no, no, I, I legitimately, truly, in some instances, maybe it's maybe it's just because they're frustrated. They want to see the ball go in fresh after a right. game, whatever. But I think last night was a prime example of D'Lo shooting corner threes after he just put up like three points. That right. is the perfect example of he knows people are still in the building. He knows cameras are out. He knew exactly what was going to happen. He knew that he was yeah. going to show up on SportsCenter and ESPN and Bleacher Report and all these accounts. 
because he's such a hard worker. He's motivated. And it seems like this, I mean, it's nothing we don't already know, but like the media coverage of the Lakers is so insane. It's bad. It's crazy. It is so insane. Like how is, how is it a storyline that Anthony Davis unfollowed Stephen A. Smith? There are multiple articles about that. Who cares? Like it just, it's so annoying. I had the Nuggets winning. I had them in winning in six, which I clearly am wrong about. I think they sweep the Lakers now, right? Yeah. Um, but even if I wanted the Lakers to win, seeing how the media is covering the series makes me want them to get swept by the Nuggets. It's yeah, driving me nuts. It's I agree. stupid. Like what? What is happening? And on the on the flip side, just because we're talking about it. It also yeah. is bothering it. Well, let me rephrase it this way. It bothered me that Michael Malone, the head coach of the Nuggets, all he was focused on and Jamal Murray, too, after the first two games were like, why are you guys only talking about the Lakers? Like, talk about us, right. talk about us, talk right. about us. And in my mind, I'm like, that's stupid. Like, don't. Why are they so worried about that? But now right. after seeing what's happened for three games, I totally understand. I am bugged and I'm not a Lakers or a Nuggets fan. Right. I can only imagine what it would be like because it's insane. Nobody talks about the Nuggets. Nobody gives them any type of credit. It's just yeah. a Lakers show. For hell's sake, Bleacher Report was posting Bronny James's prom outfit. Like, come on. I didn't, I didn't see that one. Man, yeah. I need to look. I need to look that one up. It's crazy, man. So that, that's yeah, that's a good that's a good hate. Um, can I before we finish with your third hate, can I give you yeah, two of it? my own hates? I've never done this before. Yeah, you're going off script here. I am going off script. There's just two. When you said these two basketball related things, it made me think of two things that I hate that I want to talk about. Okay, I'm ready for it. The first one being I hate that it takes a good mm, halfway through the first quarter for Miami Heat fans to show up. Yeah, that's tough. I've gotten a million excuses on Twitter from Heat fans of like, oh, the the arena is located in a bad spot of town. It's hard to get in, blah, blah, blah. Um, I went to a game this year. It is not that hard. You just have to make some effort. Like it's that they act like they're the only, the only team in a major city that has an arena downtown. Like, come on, show up. Yeah. That, that bothers me as well. I actually didn't notice today. Was it, was it pretty late in the first quarter? It was better tonight, but there's a video. I'll send it to you of, uh, before, right before tip off. The uh, Miami Dolphins head coach was there at center court to like pump everybody yeah, up, yeah, and yeah, there yeah. is not a soul in the stadium. Nobody, that dude, is in the crowd. he's got to be one of the goofier guys out there. Oh, 100%. at least in the sporting world, yeah, yeah. He is he is an anomaly. He's a strange yeah, cat, which kind of is that. endearing. I think I kind of like that about him a little bit. Yeah, um, yeah. That that bothers me as well. So that's a good hate. Yeah, that's a, that's that's one. And then the second one, uh, there's a video that just sports center tweeted it uh, during the game tonight of mm-hmm. Jokic's brothers who are trash talking Jack Nicholson as he was leaving the court. And yeah. one of the, the brothers, the smaller one is kind of like, you can tell he's like kind of having fun with it. He's laughing, giving thumbs up, even though whoever, whatever girl he's next to is like holding his arm, like, like yeah. stay back, stay back. She did not want that to happen. Nope. And then the bigger one is like aggressively screaming at him saying like, see you next year. See you next year. That bothers me so bad. I, that really bugs me. I'm all for banter. I'm all for that. But the whole Jokic brothers and their whole shtick, it's probably not an act because I mean, this is awful, but one of them I think was accused of like domestic abuse. So that's terrible. I I did not know that. Yeah. yeah, I I found that out on Twitter and then I looked it up tonight. Uh, It's terrible. They are terrifying. But like, why do, why should we care? Like what? I, I just don't understand how it's like, oh, the Jokic brothers are making the trip to LA. I'm like, cool. I bet a lot of other players, yeah. siblings are going to the game. I, I don't if, know. If I was in the playoffs, I'd hope that you would come to the game and I'd hope yeah. that you wouldn't heckle celebrities. I know. I, it's very weird, man. That, and that, yeah. that really bothers me. So you anyway. get beat up. Probably you're a little smaller than the brothers. I'm slightly smaller, and as every Nuggets fan on Twitter likes to point out, I don't have the biggest hands. You don't. You I don't. don't. I d- yeah. I d- so I don't at all. Maybe stop with the heckling when, the when mul- you're at my, my playoff game in the future. The things I've been getting lately are that I'm fat, which is hilarious because— That's a good one. No one on no one has ever seen me in person. I'm like 5'8", 150 pounds. Yeah, you're um, not fat. I'm not in the best shape I've ever been in, but I would not. I would argue I'm not fat. 
and the other one's the baby hands and the baby hands one makes me laugh because i do have small hands but i'm not into baby baby hands is good baby yeah. hands is good because it's very true no offense it's the, it's the appropriate no amount of it's the appropriate amount of banter it's like a personal shot but it's also funny but it's not crossing yeah. any lines I, I can appreciate that so right. i know i'm saying this now i'm gonna get it a million times more but shout out to all you nuggets fans commenting on my small hands i think that's funny really all right good. all right hit us with your last hate okay the last one stems from my back problems oh yeah Tell you it. know catch, so, catch everybody up what's going on about five weeks ago my back started hurting and i never go to the doctor i just let my body go to work right like you're it'll so, heal itself you're, you're strong i'm tough i'm tough <laughs> And it wasn't getting any better. In fact, it was getting worse. So went to the doctor, got an x-ray. He's like, you're fine. Go to physical therapy. Went there, did a couple of sessions there. Nothing got better. Where someone, I think you did, you suggested to go to the chiropractor. Went there. He's like, hey man, this isn't working. You need an MRI. So I went, got an MRI. Comes back. I have a large bulging disc in my lower back that's pinching my nerve. And so they're like, hey, before we do like any surgery, anything like that, let's give you some steroids, see if that makes you feel any better. So gave me some steroids. Turns out it did make me feel better. But one of the side effects is hiccups. Oh. Yeah. Hiccups. Okay. So it's like the second day I started taking them, I had hiccups for seven straight hours. It was from like, I don't know, six o'clock to... 1 a.m. And I'm just laying in bed just every 10 seconds for seven straight hours having the hiccups. And it was so brutal. I hated every second of it. So hiccups, one of the things I hate, I've always hated them, but it's just more recently they've been a little worse. That's real. I'm sorry I'm laughing. It's really yeah. terrible. But it yeah. makes me think of the Bo Jackson thing that came out. Not not uh too long before you had your hiccup out about that. What he's had hiccups for like a year or something like that. Yeah. I think he just went in for surgery. I want to know if it worked. Luckily I'm done with the steroids back feels slightly better. Hiccups are gone. So, um, that's good. Oh my goodness. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad a, that your hiccups are gone. B, hopefully we get your back figured out. Um, we just golfed not too long ago and you were in some pain. It was pretty obvious. Yep. Yep. Yeah, but tough anyway, go. so yeah, hiccups. Hiccups are a good hate. I don't think anybody loves or I don't think anybody has any feelings about hiccups other than hate, right? I would Yeah, that. I mean, I don't know who would love them, but usually they don't last that long. Like the longest I've ever had hiccups was, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. And they yep, just kept going and I couldn't believe it. It would kind of scare me, honestly, if they lasted longer than that. Yeah, it started stressing me out. And then I had to pull out Google and that's when I figured out it was one of the side effects, so. I want to hear everybody's remedies for hiccups because it feels like every family has a remedy that's like, oh, I, I promise, try this. It'll get rid of them, including us yeah. Uh, yeah. in which you put a butter knife in a cup of water and the end of the knife that's sticking out, you lean it against your forehead while you take a sip of a drink. That is yeah. our great grandma Shirley's uh, remedy. And that did not work for you. Is that correct? That is correct. I tried with two different sides of glasses. Because <laughs> I thought the first one might have been too small, so I drank that water, and then I I got a, a bigger glass. Turns out that didn't work either. So thanks a lot, Shirley. Oh, Shirley, not coming through in the clutch. I want to hear everybody else's remedies though, because I know everybody's got them. Okay, friends, we're several episodes in, and by now you know I'm a huge fan of Griffles Plasma. There's a lot to know about this topic. For starters, who needs plasma? Why it is needed? and why it is important to set up and donate. Diving right in, who needs plasma? Anyone. Anyone could need plasma at any time. A stranger, a family member, a dude sitting next to you at a Sixers game. Why is it needed? Because plasma makes medicines. Different kinds of medicines for many different people and all kinds of situations. Point is, there's lots of reasons to step up. People count on people like you for these medicines. You're compensated when you donate, and it's just a cool thing to do. You spread good in the world. You show your good side. Find a center near you at grifflesplasma.com. When you donate, tell them Josh sent you. This advertisement is a paid promotion. I want to tell you about the easiest way to get some action on the NBA. 
it's Underdog Fantasy and their Pick'em game. Just pick over or under on your favorite or least favorite player's stats, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. You can also pick from Rivals, which pits two players against each other for a head-to-head matchup. Underdog keeps it super simple with their easy-to-use website and mobile apps. Pick between two and five players to fill out your pick'em slip, get every pick right, and take home some cold, hard cash. Use the code TBF24, that's TBF24, and get your first deposit doubled up to $100 by Underdog. Underdog Fantasy, the best and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Um, okay, those are really good hates. That Let's just dive right into it. We have to talk about it. Uh, and that is the Sixers and their epic collapse. Let's start in game six where the Sixers had a perfect opportunity to close things out at home. They even had a lead, I think, late into the fourth quarter, or early into the fourth quarter, late into the third. And they proceeded to score 13 fourth quarter points. And in... They did not capitalize. Everything that I've been preaching about this year's Sixers team, about them being different, turns out uh, they weren't different, sadly. They were still the same old Sixers. You jinxed them. I jinxed them. It was brutal. I've been saying it all season, and they just they let all of us down. They, re- they really did. And then, obviously, Game 7. I tried to be optimistic. I tried to just keep the hope high, but I think every single Philly sports fan just could feel it coming. Uh, no right. matter how much anybody believed that game seven just wasn't going to be in our favor because it's never been in our favor. The Raptors game right. seven happened. The Hawks game seven happened. It's like, okay. And what sucks is that each one of those years is like, okay, Raptor series. This is our best chance of winning. Like we, if we get past boss or if we get past the Raptors, we'd still have to play Milwaukee. But at that time they weren't really proven. And we had the best roster we've ever had, I think. And it's like, okay, that's our best chance of winning. Then we lose from the Kawhi shot. Then fast forward to the uh, Bucks and Nets when the Bucks beat the Nets. And it's like, okay, all we got to do is get past Atlanta. And Atlanta beats us in seven. It's like, damn, that was our best chance of winning. And now this year, Jimmy Butler takes out the Bucks first round. And the path is so wide open and so clear. Easily our best chance of getting to the finals. And we do this, but just to, if we would have lost in a heartbreaking fashion in game seven, then this would be a different, I think, uh, conversation, but right. they just straight up no showed. It was almost probably for us. It was even worse than the Celtics uh, showing tonight because we're Sixers right. fans. It was absolutely terrible. And I don't know. I, I want to hear your thoughts. At what point did you think, okay, the series is over. Did you think that when we lost game six, did you feel that at all towards the end of game six or did you kind of believe going into game seven? Yeah, I thought if we lost game six, I thought it was going to be over going into Boston for game seven. Now, I didn't think that they would lose the way they did. It was yeah. incredibly hard to watch. I actually turned it off the fourth quarter. I couldn't watch Same. it. Same. Um, but yeah, game six was brutal. I, I think I saw a stat. I don't know if it's accurate or not. That Embiid didn't shoot the ball for like the last, I don't know, five minutes of the, of the game or something like that. Of game six? Um, yeah, game six. Yeah. Like what, what's happening? And I, I think the Sixers didn't have a field goal for the last like seven minutes of the game. It was yeah. brutal. It Everyone was in that game was terrible. Harden, terrible. Toby, terrible. DeAnthony Melton just was gone. I don't even know if he did anything that game. Um, yeah. yeah, that, that was a hard one. And then obviously game seven, like I, I just couldn't, I couldn't even watch that one. That, that was brutal just by the, by the second half. I'm like, this is the worst. Yep, I agree. First first half, it was like, okay, weathered the storm, and then Tatum just right. got on a heater, and Embiid and Harden were no-shows, and it was bad. It was embarrassing. That's what it was. It was an embarrassing way to end the season. And right. o- honestly, in game six, I think that this – I got to give him credit. I thought Doc Rivers actually coached the best postseason that he's coached for sure since he's been the Sixers head coach, and right. arguably one of his better coached postseasons. Um, obviously, he won a championship in Boston, but – I thought he he made vast improvements. I thought he poached uh, coached one hell of a postseason. But I thought game six and that fourth quarter and the lack of adjustments, like your guys don't have it going. The offense is stagnant. Like get in either get and beat the ball or 
put the ball in somebody else's hands, make something else happen. And he didn't do that. Right. I can't, I can't really blame him for game seven. Uh, when Harden, his two star players just decide not to show up. That's, I mean, yeah. it's easy to, I think he, I think he took too much, too much of the blame for really losing the series, but especially game seven, like that's not his fault. No, it is. What's he supposed it, to do? I know. Embiid and, it, and Harden were so bad. They were bad. And like, again, people on Twitter were like, oh, well, why, why didn't you put McDaniels in? Why didn't you get him in? It's like, look, that's not going to, that's not going to all of a sudden make Embiid and Harden play better. Like, right. It was very clear. They were checked out. Um, it, it uh, also, it kind of, I'll be honest, it kind of bothered me that Embiid like went up to Tatum after the game. It was like all smiles and laughing. And I know that they're buddies. I know that they work out uh, with their trainer, Drew Hanlon, together in the offseason. I get all that. But just as like a Sixers fan, I'm like, man, I want you to be pissed. Like, I, I want right. you to be like, I can't believe that happened. Hit up your buddy after the game, not in front of cameras. Right. I don't know. That, that, that just bugged me, especially I know it bugged Philly. That's how Philly fans are. They don't want to see that. Right. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he was going for the opposite approach as he has in the past because he's he's had some crushing defeats and hasn't handled them very well. So yeah, you're right. This this one, he all smiles and he get got crushed for it. And I I'm not yeah. a huge fan either, but I think you're if right. it was a uh, yeah, I don't know, man. It was just an ass beating. That whole game was so bad. Yeah, it was bad. It was terrible. But again, the lack of adjustments in Game Six, uh, for Doc Rivers, I think is a easy way and. Not an easy way, but I think it was just kind of the final straw. This team underperformed again. And then obviously the news a couple days later after the Sixer season was over came out that Doc Rivers was let go. Which, by the way, being a coach in the NBA is already hard enough as is. Uh, Monty Williams, Gonzo, short leash, out. Some of these need a fresh start. I think that the Sixers need a fresh start without Doc Rivers. I really do. I think that's that's justified. I think it's okay. Again, like what you said, I don't think it's fair to put all the blame on him, but I just think it was time. It was time for it to happen. Um, right. You look now, at the Milwaukee Bucks, same thing. Bud, gone. I think that one was very justified. They need something new. But you look at the grand scheme, it's like he just won a championship not that long ago. Right. Yeah, everyone. I mean, there are a lot of good teams that just fired their coaches. It kind of makes, I know this has nothing to do with the Sixers, but it makes the Quinn Snyder move to Atlanta really strange. Yeah, I agree. Because I would think that he would have rather been like the coach of the Suns, even Toronto, the Bucks, Sixers even, right? Like those are better spots than Atlanta. Agreed. Um, obviously, he didn't know what was going to happen, but it just like he signed a long-term deal halfway through the season. It felt kind of rushed, didn't it? Yeah, maybe maybe he needed a paycheck. I don't know. I don't know how it works, but you're right. So that leads into this. Obviously, there's a ton of coaches out there. Like you mentioned, Toronto uh, is is another one. I think Boston will have a coaching vacancy very soon. So that might affect things here um, because it depends on which coaching styles and which coaches look at which jobs um, as more appealing. But who do you think and who do you want to be the next head coach of the Sixers? There have been names floated around. Nick Nurse, obviously. Mike D'Antoni. Monty Williams. Obviously, Bud coming out of Milwaukee. Who is your shortlist? Do you have a preference? Who do you want to see as the Sixers' next head coach? Oh, man. It's a tough one. But I think I would go with Nick Nurse. If I had to pick one. Yep, agreed. I would pick him. D'Antoni, I don't think his offense would work with Embiid, right? Yeah. Uh, Monty, I don't think so. I don't think I want Monty, even though I think he's a cool dude. He used to be an assistant for the Sixers, right? Yep. Um, Bud, Bud looks like his eyes are wide 99% yeah, of the time. Yeah, yeah, I'm out. I'm out on Bud. I'm out on Bud. He seems like a good guy. I'm out. Yep. So if I had to pick one, I'd go with Nick Nurse. But then again, what do I know? I don't know what's going to help him win a championship. Um, but I, I feel like Nick Nurse might have the best chance at kind of, I don't know, bringing everyone together when you're comparing Agreed. them to all the, the candidates out there. So I feel the same way. Nick Nurse is the he's at the top of my list um, coaching against the Sixers and having success against the Sixers. I think uh, bringing in his play style, which honestly would be hilarious because. I mean, every time that the Raptors play the Sixers, it's just send everybody at Embiid. So right. it would kind of be refreshing to have him on our side. Um, I think I would actually like that. I think Nick Nurse is at the top. D'Antoni, dude, D'Antoni's old. He's an old How man. Old is he? How old is he? I 
think he's in his like mid seventies. Yeah, that is old. He where, is. Old. Where is he? Uh, I don't know. Was he an assistant with uh, with Brooklyn? Maybe I, he, I know I he's he an assistant been. somewhere. But I don't, I'm with you. I don't think D'Antoni's offense uh would really play Tim Bede's favor. And then that just leads into this because there are reports that James Harden wanted Doc out. Right. Uh, that that was part of the reason that obviously the Sixers agreed there needed it to be a new change, but that that Harden was the driving force behind it. And then there are these reports that just come out that Harden's opting out of his deal and looking to reunite in Houston. Now, there have been reports of this for a long time, and I just thought, honestly, it was just kind of like smoke. I thought that they were going to use this as leverage, that it was Harden's team leaking these. He was going to use his leverage to get a bigger, longer deal, four-year deal. And then Pompey, of all people, drops this report that, yeah, and all sources are saying he's hearing that it's Harden to Harden to Houston. I am so split. I don't, like... Here's the scary part. It's like, what? where do the Sixers go from here? What do they do? They don't have any draft picks. I don't know. They're so handcuffed. It's like, what, what do you, what, where, where do they even go? Like, do, are you on the side of re-signing Harden? Do you want to give him that money? It said today, there's a report that came out that there's an appetite around the league for a four-year, $200 million contract at this point of his career. Like, right. what, what do you think the Sixers should do as far as Harden goes? They're handcuffed. Yeah. They kind of don't have an option because you've yeah. got Embiid, right? Like, what, three, four years of him being amazing, and then yeah. he's going to start declining? Yep. And if you let Harden walk, what do you do? Yeah. What's going on? Just It's going to be Embiid and, and Maxi, and then you try and, I don't know, flip Toby for some role players? Like, is that a championship team? Probably not. Yeah. Harden was good in some playoff games he was pretty good throughout the year um yeah, he was... is he worth that money no is he gonna win in houston no <laughs> I so know, it, man. i think you gotta i don't know i don't want to pay him but you might have to i know i've been seeing a lot of things of like let harden walk just almost take this next year as like a gap year and then go aggress- try to offset and offload uh hair toby's contract and then kind of gear up for 2024 as free agent class. Here's the problem. The window with Embiid, like you said, is so short. It's so small. Right. I don't think there were even some people who are like, blow it up. Look to trade Embiid. Look to trade Embiid. Don't, the dude, don't the blow dude it just, up. The dude just won MVP. Like, I don't right. think that this, uh, Philly would literally riot. There would be riots in the streets if they traded Embiid. And that's right. not an exaggeration. There really would be. Um, And I don't think that they look to do that, at least not yet. I think that if any GM is capable of pulling some miracle off, it's Daryl Morey. Since he right. has gotten Philly, he has made things happen, like big trades happen. He's put the team in the best possible chance for them to win. And I, I think that he will have something up his sleeve. I still honestly will be shocked if Harden actually goes to Houston. I get that he has family there. I get he has business and stuff there. I understand all of that. But I just, in my mind, I would think, okay, he just led the league in assists. He shot, like, he set all of these personal bests throughout his career. Yeah, his game had to change a little bit, but, like, that should benefit him. The older he gets, it's like the Chris Paul effect, right? His game, I mean, this year is a bad example. He was terrible this year. But, like, his game has adopted the older he's got. I would think that Harden would do something similar. Look, Harden literally almost single-handedly won the Sixers two playoff games in that series. Just him. Obviously, it sucks that he was absolutely terrible the games that he didn't play out of his mind. But it's like, okay, that's when the MVP of the entire league in Joel Embiid has to step up. That's what he does. You're the most valuable player. You're supposed to step up when your teammates need you. So I don't know. I'm I'm with you. I don't I think it's a lose lose. That's way too much money to give an old guy in Harden. Uh, But at the same time, it's like, who else? Like, what could you do? And that's where Daryl Morey will have to step in because I have no idea where they go from here. None. I'm glad I don't have to be the one to make these decisions because I have zero clue where to go. Yeah, it stresses me out even. It stresses me out even thinking about it. But but let me say this. Yeah. It's going to be an awesome offseason, just league-wide. It's going to be crazy. There are multiple teams who are looking to do exactly what the Sixers are doing um, in L.A., 
in yeah. Toronto. I think Milwaukee is in a similar spot. Boston's going to be in a similar spot. There are going to be a lot of teams that look to really mix things up. So I agree. The offseason's always fun, but this offseason should get even crazier. Right. Yeah. Okay. Let's lead into this. I think that was a good venting session. I'm glad we got that Thank off you. our chest. It's sad still. Um, but again, the Celtics game, I think, helped a lot. Uh, let's just briefly talk about it, and that is the NBA lottery. It feels funny as a Sixers fan who really looked forward to the NBA lottery for so many years. Uh, now we're stuck in this weird zone where it's like, well, our team's not playing, but we don't care about the lottery. And obviously this NBA lottery was probably the biggest one uh, since LeBron, uh, right. with obviously our guy Victor uh, Wimbanyama, uh, the French freak, uh, which all teams were coveting. And it just shook out that the San Antonio Spurs get the first pick. There's a couple things I want to say. Mm-hmm. And I think you'll agree with me. It's pretty funny to me that the Spurs literally in their entire franchise have really tanked three times and they've gotten three of the greatest center prospects in history of the NBA in David Robinson, Tim Duncan, and now Victor. I think that's funny. I, there are people who are like, oh, it's rigged. It's rigged. It's funny how that works. It's, it's totally rigged. I don't think it's rigged. I'm not a conspiracy guy. But it is funny to look at it and be like, wow, the only three times they were really terrible, they end up with the three very best players in the draft. It sounds like you are saying it's rigged a little bit. You're hinting. You're hinting at it. I'm not hinting at it. I just think it is funny. And maybe it's just really good luck. I don't know. And obviously the Spurs did this year have like the highest tied with the highest odds of getting it. Right. Right. right, right. Okay. Um, And then people too were looking at the pictures of of Victor at a camp uh, next to Tony Parker wearing a Tony Parker jersey. And they're like, oh, of course, that's where he was going. Like, hold on. You mean the French kid uh, who idolized the the greatest French basketball player of all right. time is wearing his jersey? Like, give me a break. A, Half a, of a, France has to be Spurs fans because of Tony Parker. And Boris Diaw. That's like, all, right. that's that's their whole country uh, loves those two. They're the two best players so who've ever played. I guess it worked out. They don't have to change teams, right? They can just keep cheering for the Spurs. That's actually a good point. I never thought about that from a French person perspective. They are, right. they are hooked. Yeah. And then... Them. And then it is pretty cool, too. There are reports that came out that said that uh, Ginobili, Tim Duncan, Parker, all these guys are like reuniting in San Antonio to to help mentor this kid and and to uh, to get him to a spot that he's comfortable with. And I think that's really cool because right. obviously it's San Antonio needs this and it is pretty cool. I'm not going to lie. I'm actually happy that he is in the West. Um, we'll only have to play him two times. I still think that like Embiid is going to absolutely take this dude to town but i don't know what i don't know and we've never seen a prospect even remotely close to this there was a video of him and rudy gobert standing next to each other that came out today victor clears him by four inches like yeah it's crazy looking it looks photoshopped kind of that's exactly what it looked like it looked fake so i i don't know i'm excited to see it i hope he stays healthy i think everybody every basketball fan feels the same way it's almost like we're all holding our breath like kind of zion like uh listen i have two things to say about him yeah let's hear Anyone who is that tall and that athletic stresses me out. Yeah. It's the like human body is not supposed to move like that when you're that big. Agreed. You're not. So like they're injury prone and it stresses me out. I do not want him to get injured and be like a bust, right? Like Greg Oden type situation. Yep. The other thing is there is so much hype around him. It's crazy. It's kind of scary. I was watching, yeah, I was watching ESPN and they said not only is he the greatest basketball prospect ever, but the greatest among all the major sports. Yeah. He's the greatest professional prospect <laughs> yeah. of any sport ever. Which like, is insane. A lot of pressure on this kid. I mean, think about it. We have lived through Bryce Harper, who everybody they right. said he's baseball's chosen one. We lived right. through LeBron James, who is the chosen one. We lived right. through Sidney Crosby and Connor McDavid. We've lived through all of these insane, freakish athletes. And to think that people are already putting this on him as he is going to be better than a lot of these all-time greats, that is insane. That is like almost setting him up for failure. Right, it is. And someone tweeted out, you know, it's a failure if he becomes KD or, you know, AD yeah, or I, yeah, whoever. Like, that. what the hell is that all about? Yeah, I saw that too. That It'd really be thrilled me. if they got a Kevin Durant. 
they would be pumped out of their minds. Give me a break right. with all that crap. Yeah. The only reason that that is a mindset is because the media put that or putting these expectations on him. Right. I, I, I don't know. Look, he's unlike any player we've ever seen before. And so I understand right. all of that. But like people love to view prospects and draft picks as these like just untouchable mythological things that are hold more value than actual players do. I've always thought right. the same thing in the NFL. NFL trades make no sense to me. You can trade a certified all-star. The first one in my entire life was Jimmy Graham when he was absolutely dominating on the Saints and they traded him for like a second round or third round pick straight across. And I was like, what? It's just, it's, and the NFL is a funny instance, right? Because a third rounder can come in right away and be a pro bowler. But like all sports view draft picks as like, they're going to be a home run every time. It's like, what are you talking about? Like I said, the same thing with the jazz when they got all these first round picks, it's like, man, hopefully two of those draft picks can turn into Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert type players. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's like, that would be a, that would be a home run. They're hoping for more than that. But like, if they turn into all-stars, that's a home run. You did your job. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I agree, but it is. It kind of feels insane. Um, I have to make one prediction. I tweeted it. Yep. But I yeah. think here's my prediction. Victor's obviously going number one. That's that's not even a question. Uh, the second pick is up in the air. And Brandon Miller, the kid, the freshman from Alabama, who's involved in all mm-hmm. off-court controversy and everything like that, uh, right. there have been reports that his interviews uh, are going terribly. So, if he doesn't end up going second, then bag this. This isn't this isn't a prediction. However, okay. if Brandon Miller goes second, that means Scoot Henderson is a, available at three. The Portland Trailblazers have the third pick. They are not going to draft a third point guard. If they are really about this win now, let's put players around Dame to win now. Let's not run from the grind, blah, 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 all this crap we've heard for forever. If they mean business, they are not going to draft Scoot. They will most likely trade that pick. And I think if that is the case, that the Utah Jazz swoop up and end up trading for the third pick. Hear me out. They have all of the draft picks available to do so. They have young talent to do so. And mm-hmm. I think that the Blazers would be able to take those picks, take those assets, those young, those young players that they get from Utah, and flip them into a win-now player, a vet player. And from the Jazz perspective, imagine if you're able to get Scoot and pair him with a Walker Kessler. That is right. your future. You can. There's your Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert right there. We talk about it all you, the time. The Walker Kessler probably for us. I would rather have him than Rudy Gobert. Yeah. No, I agree. But wouldn't you think that the Blazers would ask for Kessler because mm. they don't have a big Nurkic has played six games a year for the last six years and he stinks. I mean, yeah, they would ask for him, but the Jazz, I mean, the Jazz, he's their cornerstone. They're not, after what they saw this year, they're not parting with him. I still think that they have enough picks that they could make that worth it. They could give up enough future picks that then the Blazers could, obviously they would take those because other teams want those. Like we were just saying, teams view first round picks as just gold. Um, I think I legit could see a pathway of that happening and I would be pumped out of my mind for Jazz fans because... Scoot, I think, should be an absolute no-brainer, uh, the second overall pick. I don't even think it's close. And from a Jazz perspective, I just would absolutely love that. I think him and Walker Kessler would be the future, and they would be fun, fun, fun to watch. So there's my bold prediction. Yeah, that's a good prediction. That would be fun in Utah, and it would be fun to see the Blazers be decent again. Yeah, no kidding. It feels like it's been so, too long since Dame hit I that know. shot over Paul George. Paul George played for the Thunder. Yeah. That was forever ago. I know. It's like I want last, him to be good again. It's like the last relevant thing that he's done. It's crazy, man. Right, Cra- right, crazy. Right. Um, okay. Prediction. Fun prediction. Thank you. I think so, too. That's ball, folks. Brotherly love and hate segment is brought to you by PHI Apparel Company. PHI Apparel Co. provides unique designs and high-quality clothing for the great fans of Philly. With their original designs for all, there's no doubt you'll stand out in the crowd. Listeners to our show can use the promo code TBF10 for 10% off any apparel when you shop online at phiapparel.co. Again, that's TBF10 for 10% off anything on the site. PHI Apparel Company, the one-stop shop for Philly sports apparel. Are you sick of spending time caring for your lawn? Have you spent too much time mowing it or even just keeping it alive? 
You tired of wasting resources and money watering it? If you are like me, the answer is yes to all of those. You should consider artificial grass. Beehive Turf out of northern Utah will transform your yard into looking beautiful all year round. Check out Beehive Turf on Instagram. Give them a call today for a free quote. Beehive Turf, take the sting out of caring for your lawn. Okay, just a couple more things and we can wrap up. Uh, We have to talk about it just because it's insane. Nothing we're going to say you haven't already heard. But uh, Ja Morant, again, pulls out a gun on his buddy's Instagram live. Just uh, it makes me so mad. So I am in Nashville uh, currently for work uh, recording this podcast. And uh, my Uber driver on the way to my hotel, we were just chopping it up and uh, told her like I brought up I had a podcast and she was so nice and started talking about it Tiara is her name uh, Tiara something like that I'm sorry if if I pronounced that wrong and she asked about it she's like what is up with this kid pulling out the gun what do you think happens and and then she even said she's like I'm not a huge basketball fan but somebody told me he didn't even like grow up like with that kind of a childhood and a brat in a background and it made me like take a step back and be like, yeah, you're right. Actually, he grew up with a good family. He went to a private school, went to a very good school. It just it's so strange to me that all these kids who grow up in the hood, in bad circumstances, mm-hmm. living that life, do whatever they possibly can to get out of it. They do everything they can to set up their family to get out of that lifestyle. And it seems like jaw all of a sudden is like diving headfirst into that lifestyle. It's like all the things our parents have ever told us growing up about surround yourself with good people, surround yourself with good people, surround yourself with good people. It turns out it was all real. It's a real thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's, I think he's an idiot. What is he doing? Come on. And Adam Silver had some, some words to say about that too. I, Chad's going to get suspended for, I don't know, 25 games at least next year. I think. I think it might Um, be more dude. I could see half a season, maybe even a full season. Maybe half. I don't know. I It doesn't help him that he went on like, you know, national television saying how sorry he is and he's yep. changed and all these things. And then all of a sudden he's doing the exact same thing who I feel bad for. Um, well, and I've heard some things about his friend, so maybe not, but his friend clearly didn't know that he was going to pull a gun no, on, no, he... on Instagram live. He pulled up the Instagram live and then all of a sudden, Jaw just has a gun in his hand and he hurries and puts it down. Like, what the hell are you doing, man? Like we yep. just went through this. Yep. Um, but yeah, I, he's an idiot and he's going to get suspended and I don't feel bad for him at all. No, I don't either. It's already happened. The, his companies, his sponsors that endorse him stuck their necks out for him. Like right. how didn't drop him right away. Nike didn't pull his shoes right away. They sat through this little fake therapy that he went through, whatever rehab. I don't even know what he called it. Um, I think it was all BS. Um, right. He didn't do any of that. And they they stuck their necks out. And they're like, nope, we're standing by him. We're standing by him. And then when he does it again, it's like, of course, Nike's pulling your shoes. Of course, Powerade's pulling you off the commercials. Like, what are you doing? And it drives me right. absolutely insane. I don't know. I just, I hate to see it happen. I hated to see it happen the first time. And I hate to see it happen now. And JJ Reddick got on TV and was like, why are we going after him? He didn't do anything illegal. It's legal to carry a gun and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I agree. He didn't commit a crime with it, but it's that's not the point. Like, I think JJ missed the point completely that it isn't right. about whether he committed a crime with the gun. It's about all these kids who look up to this dude and see him just flashing around a gun willy nilly and bring it into a strip club and and then doing it again. And I, I, it just sets the worst precedent uh michael wilbon said like yeah i told my kid no he's not buying john morant shoes right and I, I i can't blame him i can't blame him one bit yeah i i don't either it's it's fumble. a tough one but it everybody is. everybody talks about fumbling the bag this is quite literally the definition of it yeah he's had a tough week because he wasn't on the all nba teams nope. either huh nope yeah he's he's had a couple, tough couple of weeks but um, I don't know. Hopefully only up from here. Hopefully he can actually figure it out after his suspension's up or while he's serving his, his suspension. Yep. Um, but just stay away from guns, man. Hire a bodyguard, do whatever you need to do. Just stop doing that. Yeah. Yep. hundred percent. Couldn't agree more. 
Oh, drives me nuts. Okay, let's see. Uh, let's let's dive into the next thing because this that topic makes me mad. I don't think that either of us saw what was coming in these conference finals. Like, cannot even I I I thought that the Lakers would put up a fight. I thought that the yeah. Celtics would put up a fight. Let's start with the West Coast. The Nuggets are up three zero against the Lakers. The Lakers look like they have no life. It, the the Celt or the, I'm sorry the Nuggets are clicking on all cylinders and Jamal Murray is the best player in this series. I don't even think it's close. Right. Yeah. What do you? I did not. I, I you predicted the, Nuggets in I, six, right? Nuggets in six, but it looks like it's going to be the Nuggets in four. Yeah. And I did not think this would happen. I thought the Lakers would. I don't know. Show some some heart, some effort. Um, but. To be fair, Jamal Murray is one of the greatest playoff basketball players of all time. Him and Jimmy Butler, what is happening? Uh, I think it was the first half of of last night's game. Jamal had, what, 30 points, and he was going crazy. And then he cooled off a bit, and then that's when Jokic stepped up. Um, That's why you have to have the the one-two, right? That's what we wanted Harden and Bede to to do, but didn't quite pan out that way. Yeah. but yeah, he he's been dominating. Jokic just does his thing, and they have the perfect team built around Jokic. Yeah, it's they really crazy. Do. It really between is. They, three and D guys and slashers, like they have the perfect team built around that guy. They really do. It is a pretty unbelievable, and it is so fun to watch. Like they are right. up and down, just so fluid. Everybody knows their role. Everybody plays their role well. Turns out Bruce Brown. Is love him. The best I've loved him off- for years. Yeah, you have. Um, and he is he was the best signing that anyone could have imagined. He fits that system perfectly. Right. Yeah, it's yeah, it's I pretty awesome. But Michael Porter Jr. is playing knockdown, and when he's not, somebody else steps up, and that's Caldwell Pope. Or obviously right. Jamal Murray's had it going each one of these first three games. Jokic didn't look like he had it going last night, and Jamal Murray scored what 30 first half points. It's um, crazy. Yeah, it's nuts, man. So I, I don't know. I'm actually, it, it, it's all signs are pointing to. There's no way the Lakers come back. I mean, there's absolutely no, no chance. No, it's over. I, I, I would be shocked if they win tomorrow. Same. I don't think they will. I, I really right. don't. I think the series is over. And that leads us right into this. I think that the Heat Celtics series is over, especially after what we just saw in what people, not just me and you saying this, uh, people all over Twitter are saying that this is the, one of the most embarrassing performances uh, ever and, and Magic Johnson, and, yeah, Magic Johnson did not hold back. He said, "In my 44 years of being associated with the NBA, I never thought I'd see a Celt- Boston Celtics <laughs> team, a franchise with 17 championships, quit." I know Celtics fans all over the world must be disgusted and devastated. The Miami Heat blew them. Uh, well, that's hilarious wording. Uh, blew them 128 to 102 that out in game bad. three. Yeah, that's yeah. W- weird wording by him. However, it was awful. Like it yeah. was from the get go. It was bad, bad, bad. And it wasn't just Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler is the best player in the series. And he didn't even have that great of a game. Uh, we were talking about it earlier, but like Joe Missoula looks so lost in this series. Eric Spolstra, who, by the way, he is. Can you believe he's never won coach of the year? No, that's yeah, actually could, crazy to think about. He's it's clearly one of the best coaches in the league. Oh, yeah. He was named like one of the top 15 best NBA coaches ever. And he's right. never won coach of the year, which is crazy. But he is quite literally coaching circles around Joe Missoula. He has no idea what to do. Me and you right. talked about it earlier, but like the Celtics didn't make an adjustment on Jimmy Butler until late in the first half when they started doubling him. And it, as you mentioned, it worked a couple times, but then it just like they were half-assed double attempts. And Miami has shooters. They are full of shooters. And Gabe Vincent, Struess, Duncan Robinson, even Kyle Lowry – who are just right. knocked down. So if you half-ass run at Jimmy Butler, someone's going to have – and Caleb Martin, by the way, who – Yeah, awesome story. Awesome. He's amazing. Um, I don't know, man. I just I, – I did not in a million years see Boston, A, losing this series, but B, collapsing the way that they have is absolutely insane. Who would have thought three games in that the Sixers and the Celtics would have the same amount of wins in the Eastern Conference Finals? That's funny. Not yeah. me. I, I had the Celtics in six and I was wrong about that too. Yep. I wasn't even close with that. I think everybody um, was. Yeah, it's it's a shocker, man. It's it's crazy. Just really nobody on the especially tonight, everyone was terrible. Jalen Brown started off 
hot in the first quarter. And then other than that, it, everyone was terrible. Yeah. Everybody um, was but they're just, the heat are just out toughing them. Yep. And it's funny because everybody said heat mentality, heat mentality, heat mentality. And uh, it's real. Turns out it's very yeah. real. This is a very, very good example of what heat mentality is. It's actually, listen, it's pretty, this awesome. is what I wanted from tonight. About five minutes left in the game. The crowd started chanting Haslam. <laughs> yeah, we want Haslam. We want Haslam. Why did he not get in? He he must have told Spolstra, yeah. like, hey, I'm, I'm not in. Yep. We're up you know, 30. I do not want to play. Yeah, you know 100% Spolstra was like, you want to go in? He's like, no, no, don't put me in. That's that's exactly what put happened. Him in. Yeah, he might not have another chance to get in in this Probably not. Maybe, <laughs> yeah. Maybe in two days. Body. He's, he's old. He's old guy, but... That's the one thing that if I was a Heat fan, that would have made it better is if they would have chucked him in for a minute or two. And he hit a three. Oh, that place would have went nuts. Yeah, it would have been awesome. Yeah, I agree. It, it, okay, so let's talk about the Celtics just for a second. What do you yeah. think they do? Do you think Jalen Brown resigns? Do you think that the Celtics even want to do that? Um, obviously, he'll make way more money if he resigns with Boston, but I don't now know. Tell me, I, tell me this. You you know more about contracts than I do, right? So since he made mm-hmm. the all all NBA team, he can sign a bigger deal with Boston. Yeah. Can they do a sign in trade? Yeah, they could. So he keeps that money and goes elsewhere. Uh I, I believe think, I believe he could. I think that's what if I had to guess, I think that's what's gonna happen. Yeah, I agreed. So here here's a shout out to my guys um at Liberty Ballers, uh, who I work with. Dave Early. Um, and my guy, Brian. So they broke down kind of the contracts and the situation for Jalen Brown. So he right. could sign roughly a $295 million Supermax deal to stay. If he turns oh, that God. down or Boston trades him and he, he could re-sign a five-year deal the next summer, that's around 256. So that's like $43 million less. Right. And if somehow he got traded uh, someplace that he didn't like and it pieced out, that's like $190 million less. Sure. So, but but what you're saying is he could sign that supermax deal with the Celtics and go elsewhere in a signing trade. Yes, he could. But uh, so that's like okay. Well, he's for sure going to stay in Boston. Then that's what you would think. And Dave pointed out a really good point. It's like, what if that place is Texas or Florida, where taxes could offset that uh money that he loses? So I, I don't know. Something to think about. But yeah, the contract situation is going to get really Listen, really interesting. It might be his personality, but during his post-game interview, not tonight, but two nights ago, he sounds like he hates, hates yeah, he does. the team. <laughs> he wants He's... out of there. And it could just be him. I don't know. But it sounds like he wants out. Yeah, it does. He's the same guy who's calling out the Celtics home crowd this postseason. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't know, he... man. If I, if I had to predict something, I think he's gonzo. But that's a lot of money. It is. That's a lot of money to turn down. But again, if Boston doesn't want him there, if they want to move in a different direction, then something like that could happen. I don't know. Right. I'm I'm really curious what happens. But uh, as we talked about, I think there are going to be big changes in Boston coming up as well. And I think right. that not just Joe Missoula, I think he's gonzo. Um, but I think Jalen Brown is going to, that roster is going to look different. Obviously, they're going to build around Tatum. But right. I, I, I think Brown's out. Yeah, I think he's I out. Agree. All right, brother. I think that's a great breakdown. Anything else you want to hit us with before uh, before we end things? No, I think we covered everything. Yeah, I agree. I think, I think, I think everything's too. covered. Yep. There was so much to talk about, and I'm glad that we did. Um, again, it felt it felt good. It just really felt good to talk about <laughs> the Sixers now, loss. Now we can get over it. Yeah, I don't know about that, but well, yeah. we can try. It's only up from here. It is only up from here. You're right. It is. And talking about it helps. All right, dude. Thank you. Appreciate you as always. And uh, we'll chat with you next week. Okay. Sounds good. As always, I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Jer. Great chat. Felt good to finally talk about the Sixers. Get it off our chests. And it's going to be a crazy offseason where we're going to talk a lot more about the Sixers. But crazy, crazy conference finals. Nuggets and Heat Finals. I think the Nuggets are going to wrap this thing up. I think that they've got a ring on their finger. So congrats to them. Anyway, we'll chat more. Uh, Please feel free, like, subscribe, review, five stars, one stars, doesn't matter. I just appreciate you listening. Lots of giveaways going on. 
truly. I'm trying to do more like engagement giveaways, which I think is fun, mainly on Twitter. Need to get better on Instagram, but if you're not uh, following me on Twitter, please do so because that's where all the action's happening. But anyway, I love you all. Have a fantastic week. And uh, that's all, folks. Bye.